from Las Vegas. You're listening to Verve Church for people who don't like church. Thanks for tuning in. So what if you had a goal of you becoming you? I mean, God created you to be you because he loved the idea of you. He wanted to know you. He wanted the world to know you. Not not some projection, some version of you, the, the real you. So what if you had a goal of you being you? Might seem easy. I mean, after all, you are you, right? Well, maybe not. I, I mean, honestly, there are there are obstacles to you being you. Obstacles like sin and secret lies. And you cannot be you if you're stuck in sin. But when when we choose sin, what we're doing is we're choosing a less than life. At, at its heart. Every sin is choosing not to love God and not to love people. It's choosing to, to really just love myself. But, but even that's not true because I'm, I'm choosing what I want now, but what I want now will keep me from what I want later. I, I'm choosing temporary over permanent. And so it, it keeps me from who I'm supposed to become. And the most important thing about me is who I become. Like, like, Who I become is the only thing I'll take into eternity. You are made to love God and love people. That's you. That's the best version of you. That's the you you are supposed to be. And you can't be you if you're stuck in sin. You also can't be you if you're keeping your sins secret, if you're stuck in lies, pretending to be something you're not, P- pretending you haven't done uh, what you've done, P- pretending that you're better than you are. Th- there was a movie uh, back in 1999. I know some of you maybe are like, I wasn't even born yet. But 1999, it was called The Talented Mr. Ripley. Uh, Matt Damon plays Tom Ripley. And Tom tells this one particular lie. And, and that lie leads to more lies. And those lies lead to all kinds of, well, sin. Just He's making bad choices that hurt him, hurt other people, that are just not right. And, and when he does everything, and then, and then so, so he lies, more lies, sin. And then he does everything he can to cover up his sin so he can continue to live a lie. And it just keeps getting worse. And I'm guessing you can understand. I do. Like, like, we've been there. Maybe not exactly like Tom, but we've been there. Well, at one point, Tom makes a friend, and he wants so bad to open up to him, but he can't. They're, they're talking, and without saying what he's done, Tom uh, tries to justify it. He says, well, whatever you do, however terrible, how, however hurtful, it all makes sense, doesn't it? Like, in your head, you, you never met anybody who thinks they're a bad person. And then he talks about how he's made everything a secret and, and what it's done to him. He, he says to his friend, he says, don't you just kind of take the past and put it in the basement and, and lock the door and never go in there? <laughs> That's what I do. And, and then you meet someone special and all you want to do is 
toss them the key. Say, open up, step inside. But you can't because it's dark. Inner demons. If anybody saw how ugly it is, I, I keep wanting to do that. Just fling the door open. Just let the light in. Clean everything out. If, if, if I could just take a giant eraser and rub out everything, starting with myself. The thing is, if, 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 and his friend says, no key, huh? Like, like there's, he didn't have the key to open up the basement, the secrets, the sin, the lies. Uh, later they're talking at a different time and Tom says to him, I'm lost. I'm going to be stuck in the basement, aren't I? Aren't I? That's, that's my, my terrible, alone and, and dark, and I've lied about who I am and where I am, and now no one will ever find me. You ever feel like that? If so... And I have some really good news. God supplies a key, a key to the basement. It's the key to you being you. And we're going to get that key today as we complete our series, Dangerous Prayers. The last four weeks, we've learned to pray some dangerous prayers that can change our lives and change the world. Prayers like, speak to me, that God wants to speak to us and send us out on dangerous adventures. And break me. We ask God to break our hearts with what breaks his. And your will be done when we realize that we would rather have God's will for our lives than our will for our lives. And last week, send me. We ask God to send us on a mission for him. And if you miss any of those, you can, and you can, you can catch up. You can go back and watch or listen to them on our website or the Verve app. Here's today's dangerous prayer. Search me. Search me. We, we find this prayer being prayed by a man named David. Uh, David went from being a shepherd boy to being the, the king of Israel. He, he did amazing things for God, and he sinned in major ways. And, and check out this prayer he prays in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. He says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And we need to pray this prayer. Why? Because it invites God to reveal our sins to us. Why is that necessary? Honestly, because we lie. And when I say we lie, I mean we lie to ourselves. We like to think, I have a good heart. You have a good heart. We all have good hearts, but we don't. We have, we have lying hearts. That's what God tells us in Jeremiah 17, 9. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? We lie to ourselves. We, we think we have good hearts, but we have sinful hearts. Well, I do, okay? Well, Everyone I've ever met does. If you don't, that's cool, I guess. I, I don't know. We lie to ourselves. We, we also lie to other people. S some 
uh, lie. Some lie to others in like big ways. Some of us lie in small ways, right? Like, like, hey, sorry I'm late. There was traffic. There wasn't traffic. You left your house late. Uh, or we say, you didn't get it? I'm sure I sent that email. No, you know you didn't send the email. We lie and we justify. We think it doesn't count. It's not really that bad. It's different for us. My situation. We lie to ourselves and we lie to others. We, we pretend that we're not sinful. What we do is we keep our sin secret in the basement. There was an anonymous survey um, where they wanted to find out what are the top temptations people face? Like what sin tempts you? Um, like what, what, what are the worst things you're tempted to do? What, what, what are the temptations that are trying to lure you in? So the, the survey was done anonymously online so no one would ever find out your responses. People could choose from sins like you know, abuse, I'm abusive, or racism, I, I'm a racist, greed, dishonesty, um, violence, lust, hatred, jealousy, stealing, pornography. So they're asked, how are you tempted? Here's the top five answers people gave. Number one, worry. No, I, I, wor I, I, I just worry too much. Number two, procrastination. Eh, I tend to wait to start things. Number three, overeating. Number four, social media. Probably spend a little bit too much time on Facebook. And number five, laziness. I hit, the, I hit that snooze button. Come on! Really? That's, those are the worst sins you're tempted to commit. Being lazy, even with a guarantee of never being found out, we can't bear to tell the truth about our sins. We are more sinful than we think we are. With this search me prayer, we're asking God to show us the truth about us. We need that. But we don't want that. We're afraid to pray this prayer. It definitely feels dangerous. Why? I think because we're afraid to face the truth about ourselves. But no, what we should be afraid of is never becoming who we are, of spending our lives lost in a dark, ugly basement where no one will ever find us. I think we don't pray this prayer because we're afraid to face ourselves and because we're afraid to face God. We're afraid to ask God to search us and reveal our sins because if he does, ooh, like we'll be just standing there in front of him naked, standing before God with all of our ugliness on display. But no, no, there, there's nothing to fear. In fact, that fear in us, that fear of God just reveals two things. First, it shows that we don't know that God knows. When we pray, search me, God, nothing God finds is going to surprise him. Because he already knows. In fact, before praying this search me prayer, David writes this, same Psalm, the verses preceding. He says, you have searched me, Lord. It's interesting, right? Because in a minute he's going to say search me. But here he says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. Before he asks God to search him, he acknowledges that God has already searched him, that God knows everything about him. And so really this prayer 
isn't so much for God as it is for me. It's not going to reveal anything to God. It's going to reveal something to me. I think I can hide my sins from God. I try to ignore them, but this this prayer alerts me to the reality that my sins cannot be hidden. David writes that in this psalm. Uh, Later in the psalm, he says, verse 11, he says, If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me. It's like, surely I can stay in that basement, right? He says, no, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Jesus said the same idea in a different way in Luke chapter 12. He said, but there is nothing covered up that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. He's saying, you, you think you're doing a good job hiding your sin. You're not. God knows. And your sin will be known. And so we're afraid to pray, search me, God, because we're afraid to face God. But that just shows first we don't know that God knows. And second, it shows that we don't know God. Not really, not like we think we do. Why? Because God is love. And First John tells us there is no fear in love. The perfect love dries out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. God is love. If you really know God, if you know his love, you won't be afraid. You won't be afraid even of him seeing your sin. We don't realize that because we don't let God be God. The the Bible says that God created us in his image, which, which is true. But what's also true is that we have created God in our image. We assume he's just like us. And we know that when we see someone's sin, If it's ugly, especially if it's ugly, we're we're turned off and we kind of want to move away, right? You you find out someone's dirty secret and you're like, oh, but we are not God. We are not love. We may at times be loving, but we are not love. The way uh, to know what God is really like is to look at Jesus. He was God come to earth. And he showed us exactly who God is. And one thing we see with Jesus is that he was drawn to sin. Which might sound odd, but it's true. Everywhere Jesus went, he ended up hanging out with the most sinful people. That's what God is like. In fact, if you ask me, hey, who, who are the three people in the Bible who were the most aware of their sin, um, who, who like thought of themselves as really sinful, I I would be like, well, I guess three. I I guess I would say David, Peter, and Paul. And if you ask me, hey, who are the three people in the Bible who seem to be God's favorites? I'd say, well, I don't know if God has favorites, but I guess if I had to say, I'd say David, Peter, Paul. God is not turned off by your sin. You don't need to be afraid of God because of your sin. What you should be afraid of is your sin. You shouldn't be afraid of God because of your sin. You should be afraid of your sin, Why? especially if you keep it secret. Why? Because your sin can keep you from becoming you. You can't be you if you stay stuck in, stuck in sin and lies and secrets. You will live your life lost in a dark, ugly basement where no one, no one will ever find you. 
You should be afraid of your sin because it can keep you from becoming you and because it can keep you from God. Not because God won't love you uh, because of your sin. Listen, here's the deal. God is love. He'll never stop loving you. In fact, theologians would say, if God stopped loving you, he would stop being God because he is love. Like some people say, yeah, it's, it's a miracle that God loves me. No, 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 that's not a miracle. The miracle would be if God didn't love you because he's love. He can't not love you. God, God loves you. Your sin cannot keep you from God. Um, let, me, let me say that again. Your sin can keep you from God, not because God will turn away from you, but because you will turn away from him. That's part of the danger of sin. Uh, look what we're warned in the book of Hebrews, in the New Testament, chapter 3, verse 12. It says, see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Every time we sin, we, we push God away and we turn away from him a little bit more. We shouldn't be afraid of God. We should be afraid of our sin. Our sin and, and our secrecy about our sin that's our problem. But, but because he loves us, because he is love, God has a solution. Earlier I said God supplies a key, a key to the basement, the key to you being you. It's the key to our sin problem and our wanting to keep it secret. The key, the answer to our sin problem is Jesus. Jesus is what you need. It's all Jesus. You remember um, when Tom Ripley in the movie was talking about everything he'd done, all his sin, and he said, if I could just take a giant eraser and rub out everything, he's right. That is exactly what we need. Something to erase our sin and allow us to start over. And that something is Jesus. The Bible says in 1 John 2, verse 2, Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Uh, The word atone literally means to erase. God's offer is to erase your sins, to erase your guilt, uh, your shame. And and he does that through Jesus' sacrifice. Uh, Because of his love for us, God allows Jesus' death on the cross to substitute for us. He he, he doesn't force it on us. We have to choose it. You choose uh, to let Jesus' sacrifice be the answer to your sin problem, to atone for, to erase your sins. How? You put your faith in Jesus and what he did for you on the cross. You you put your faith in Jesus as your Savior, the, the one who can forgive your sins, and as your Lord, the one who can lead you through life. Uh, In Acts 16, 31, we're told, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. You believe and then you're baptized. In Acts 22, 16, it says, and now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized and wash your sins away, calling on his name. Uh, Baptism is when a person is lowered underwater and then raised back up. It's like, God is washing your sins away because you've put your faith in Jesus. And if you've never put your faith in Jesus, then you could do that today. 
if you've never been baptized, um, why don't you get baptized? Let, let us know that you're thinking about it. Uh, we'll answer questions you have. We'll help you make that happen. Uh, we're doing baptisms here in Vegas in three weeks. Maybe you could be here for that at the building here in Vegas. Um, but if you're somewhere else and you can't come, we'll help you figure out wherever you are. Uh, you can go to verb.cc and at verb.cc, um, click on baptism and we'll contact you and uh, we'll talk you through it, answer any questions you have and figure out how to make that happen for you if you're ready to do it. Listen, the key, the answer to our sin problem is Jesus. And the key, the answer to our keeping our sin secret, uh, our sin a secret, I'll say that again. The key to our sin problem is Jesus. And the key to our keeping our sin a secret is confession. Not confession to a priest. Maybe you grew up in that kind of a tradition. I'm, I'm talking about confession to God. That, that's why we pray this search me prayer. Not so God will see our sins, he already sees them. So we will see our sins. Not so that we'll, we'll drown in shame. No, we, we need to see our sins so we can confess them and be free. You, you remember Tom Ripley said, I keep wanting to do that. Just fling the door open. Just let the light in. Clean everything out. Yeah, we all want that, don't we? We want to fling the door open, let the light in, and just clean everything out. I mean... Can you imagine feeling clean? And I'm not asking if you can imagine being clean, because if you have put your faith in Jesus, you are. You, you, may, not, though you, you may not feel clean because you've kept your sin secret in the basement. And what you need to do is confess. Let's look at a few more verses in that same uh, book called 1 John. It says, God is light. First uh, John, starting in chapter 1, verse 5. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. So that's saying uh, you have sin. If you think you don't, you're lying to yourself. And if you're walking in sin, Meaning, if you're just accepting sin in your life, as if it's okay, it's, it's normal. You did it, and you're going to do it again. If you're walking in sin, it says you're not walking with God. Because God walks in light, but you're walking in darkness. And, and I, think, I think we all want to walk with God. If you have put your faith in Jesus, you are already forgiven of your sin but you need to feel forgiven and be set free so you can walk with God again. And the way that happens is through confession. We confess our sins to God, knowing that the blood, it says the blood of Jesus purifies us. So we pray, God, search me. And when God shows us sin, something sinful we've done or sinful we're thinking or a sinful attitude or pattern in our lives, we confess it to God. The word uh, confess 
It actually comes from the word uh, homologia. That's what's translated into English, confess. Homologia means to say the same thing at the same time. You ever, ever do that with somebody like, you, you know, you're talking to somebody and you both by mistake, coincidentally, say exactly the same thing and exactly, you're, you're both like, hey, how was your day? You both say, and you're like, hey, yeah, right? What, what do you do in that moment? Uh, my family, we have this thing. If you say the same, same thing at the same time, you both have to sing the king of France, wet his pants, right in the middle of a ballroom dance. Alley-oop, alley-oop, yodelay, hee-hoo. <laughs> Sorry. Confession is to say the same thing at the same time. So, so, so the idea isn't so much that we're letting God know what we've done. Remember, he already knows. It's, it's more that we're agreeing with God. We're saying about our sin what he says about our sin, that it's not loving. It's not what's best for us, for God or for other people. God, search me. David prayed this about 3,000 years ago. In the 1500s, a guy named St. Ignatius in, uh, in Spain taught people to pray. He called it the prayer of examine. And for the last uh, 500 years or so, a lot of Christians have been using it as a daily rhythm, spiritual rhythm in their lives. So once a day, maybe at the end of the day, uh, God search me, test me, see if there is any offensive way in me powerful. In fact, there's now neurological evidence for the power of praying this prayer. They've discovered that Christians actually use a different part of their brain to self-evaluate than non-Christians. That there was a, a study conducted in Beijing uh, where researchers compared which part of the brain people use to evaluate both themselves and others. Uh, the study is summarized in an article with the snappy title, the Neural Consequences of Religious Belief on Self-Referential Processing. Okay, uh, what they found is that non-religious, non-religious subjects used one part of their brain, uh, the ventral medial prefrontal cortex, to evaluate themselves, but another part of a brain, the dorsal medial prefrontal cortex, to evaluate others. But Christians use the same part of the brain to evaluate themselves as they use to evaluate others. Hmm. Uh, researchers hypothesize that this is because they're using a kind of, of Jesus reference point for self-evaluation. Uh, they're not asking, what do I think of me? They're asking, what does God think of me? There's a, a UCLA Researcher, his name is Jeff Schwartz. He, he said that this study is one of the most important scientific papers published in the last decade. This prayer is powerful. So, so let's read it uh, one more time. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Did you notice it's not just search me, but also lead me, lead me in the way everlasting. We're not just praying for God to show us our sin, but also for him to lead us out of our sin, to lead us to life, to the life we really want, a life of love, a life where we're walking in the light with God, a life of becoming who we are, because that's who we are. So let's do it.
We are people who pray. Uh, we need to pray, search me. We are people who confess our sin when God shows them to us. And we are people who follow Jesus as he leads us into full and abundant life. So let's pray for that right now. God, search me. Show me if there's an offensive way in me, God, something that is not true to who you are, who you made me to be. And reveal those sins to me. I need to confess them to you. Thank you for being a loving father who forgives everything. And Jesus, would you lead me in the way everlasting? Lead me into the abundant full life you had for me. God, would you help us to develop this rhythm, a spiritual rhythm of this prayer of examine, just repeatedly, daily, asking you to show us um, the error of our ways and um, helping us to be grateful that you have given us the key to throw open the basement doors and bring the light in because Jesus atones for all of our sin. And we are free. And we pray all these things in his name. Amen.